Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldana. year with a fun episode with four previous guests from the podcast. We have Jaseel, Amanda, Jordan, aka Phoenix, and Layla. All four of these badass women were guests on my first two seasons and are back to tell their new birth stories. We get into the challenges of trying to get birth certificates after a free birth, what it's like integrating a new child, having older kids at birth, birthing outside, and sexy labor outfits. Join us for a fun chat with four intuitive, wild mothers to welcome in 2021. All right. Welcome, everyone. It's so nice to have you here. Thanks for having us. Hi. Thank you for having me. So we are joined today with uh, with four women who um, all have been on the podcast before, have all free birth previous babies. And we're calling this a reunion episode because they have gone on to free birth even more babies. Woo-hoo! And so, <laughs> you know, so we thought it would be fun to just do a little reuniting. Uh, so we have four women. We have Layla, Amanda, Jessiel, and Phoenix. Um, and so today... Everyone is just going to share their stories. So let's do let's do a little quick intro of everybody. Um, and why don't we just do it in the order that we said we were, you guys were going to share in. So um, just share a little bit about who you are and anything anything quick that you want to offer to the space. Jessiel? Hello. My name is Jessiel. I'm a mom of four. I'm 30 years old. I free birth uh, my last three children. And I live in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Awesome. Amanda? Hi, my name is Amanda. Um, I live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I have two lovely daughters. Um, and uh, both of them are free birth. I'm uh, 42 years old. I had Juniper at 38 and uh, Acacia at uh, 41. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a blessing. I'm so happy that I free birth both of them. Mm-hmm. Layla? Hey, I'm Layla and I'm 33 years old and I have three kids and I've rebirthed all of them actually on Maui. Um, and I've been living there for a while, but now I'm back on the mainland visiting and 
exploring. Uh, my first free birth was uh, seven years ago. So, um, and all three of them were immensely different, but profound and just incredible in every possible way. And so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Emily. Mm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just remembering all of your stories as we sit here together and it's it's just filling me up with a lot of warmth and joy and excited to hear hear the new stories that I don't that I haven't heard yet. Um I will put in the show notes for everybody the earlier episodes that all of you were on so that women can go get acquainted with with deeper parts of your story. Um so yeah, let's let's kick it off. Just seal number 4. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, very busy all the time. <laughs> um, so my fourth child, unexpected again. I guess that's the recurring theme with all my births. <laughs> None of them were planned. Um, I found out at a movie theater. I remember. Yeah, I was at a movie theater th- taking out my older children out and. My, I had gotten my period once and I was awaiting my second period mm. and I had gotten this wonky period. It was like, I got it, but it was really light and weird and it went away. And then it came back and I was like spotty and it lasted like 10 days. So I thought it was just, you know, I'm still breastfeeding and I'm working and I'm doing a lot of things. Maybe it's that. Um, but I, I had stopped. We were on the base theater because my husband's in the Navy and, I went to the commissary because they sell a super cheap like dollar pregnancy test. And I was like, let me pick one up before the movie. I'll hop into the movie theater bathroom, piano t- test real quick and go into the movie. And yeah, way to watch a movie. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> wow. Did you like, whis- did you whisper it to your husband or what? Did you keep it to yourself? He wasn't with me. He oh. wasn't with me. So I think I sent him a picture and I told him, what the hell? Keep your come to yourself. <laughs> Uh, and I went so the entire time I'm watching the movie I'm just like you know thinking about oh my god we're gonna have a fourth child um but yeah it was my my nipple soreness I I started getting aversion again and and that was Uh how I found out I was pregnant with my third was that I was having nipple aversion so as soon as like it all started clicking in my head I was like I need to know right now like I can't just wait I I couldn't I was like I need to take a test because I need to know um and yeah that was that so you know we went back and forth on I I did have a really hard time accepting this pregnancy I went back and forth um deciding whether I even wanted to keep it um and you know at the end of the day we're just like you know we know that life will continue and we can work you know around it and and as hard as it seems in the moment when you take it a day at a time I was like you know I I started to just accept the pregnancy, but it took me a long time to get my head around it because I wasn't ready to have a fourth child. We had just opened up a new business, a restaurant, and I was the one working it full time. So I was just trying to wrap around my head, the logistics of, you know, having a pregnancy, having a new baby and knowing that I was not willing to work while having this baby. Mm. Um, like I, I was like, I'm not willing to have a child and go back to work in two months or three months. Like that, that to me was not okay at all. Um, so yeah, I guess our focus shifted into, we need to find somebody to run it for us. So I don't have to be the person there, you know, running it, um, which we did. Um, but that entire pregnancy, I, I wasn't really focused on the pregnancy cause I was focused on the business mm. and running the business. And it wasn't until 
I found a manager around November that I finally got to step back and just realize, holy snap, I am pregnant. I'm going to have a baby here soon. Um, and then, you know, the retreat in Dominican Republic happened and, and that was beautiful and amazing to finally be able to just, you know, be around other women and, and, and soak up the pregnancy. Like it was almost, I went the entire pregnancy kind of like, it's just another thing there. Mm. Like it wasn't, I wasn't be I wasn't able to just focus on I'm pregnant, you know, I'm having another baby and bringing this baby. So it took, like I said, it was a long time for me to just settle into, I'm going to be a mother again and I'm, and I'm going into this. And I think because all of that, um, this, like her emergence was one of my hardest emergence from all my pregnancies. And it's because I wasn't mentally ready to do that. Like as much as I want to say, yeah, I was, I wasn't, um, I never cursed so much during labor. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, after I had her, I was like, why, why was this so hard? And it was just like, you know, it, even though eight months went by, it was eight months of me just going through life and kind of ignoring that a baby was coming. And, you know, to me, that was a huge lesson that it doesn't matter how many other births you've had. If you don't take that time to go inward and do that work, it will make the labor that much harder. Um, and I was the entire time I was just like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, like get this baby out. Um, but yeah, it was the day, the day it happened. Um, it was around 1030. I think we finally got the kids down that night and we were all laying in bed and I was having different sensations. I had had a lot of, you know, prodromal labor leading up to this one too. So it was kind of going back and forth on, you know, is a baby coming? Is it not? Is it, is it coming? Is it not? But that day I got the sensation to where I felt it wrapped from my back to my front and it, and it would go downward. And I was like, that's really different. I haven't felt that before. And I asked my husband to look at my stomach because my stomach was doing like this wave motion. It was really weird. I had never seen it before. And she had been on my right side the entire time. And this time with those wave motions, she kind of looked like she was moving more centered. And I was like, hey, maybe it's time because she looks like she's coming to the center now. Um, but I, I was like, you know, whatever, let's just go to sleep. If it happens, it happens. And around 2.30 in the morning, one of my kids woke up and that led to the other two waking up and they all came into our bed. Um, and I started having the cessations all over again. And I told my husband, when the boys are asleep, please put them back in their bed. But my little, my daughter, my third, my youngest at the time, she would not fall asleep. Like she was awake. It's party time. Let's play. Um, and then I started getting stronger sensations again. And then I started thinking, okay, I think I am in labor. And she, I think like 30 minutes into that, she did start annoying me. And I was like, okay, I think I'm in labor because she's annoying me. Like her clinginess is starting to bother me. Um, and I was like, I need you to just handle her so I can do my thing. Um, so is this like early morning? Yeah, this is like 3.30, 3.45 in the morning. Um, okay. And yeah, as time went on, they definitely got stronger. Um, I soaked in the bath for a little bit, but I didn't want to birth there. So I had set up in front of my altar in my room, my birth space. And by, yeah, by four in the morning, I knew for sure that, you know, this was it. So it was about 45 minutes into an hour after everything had started. Um, and yeah, I was just on the floor on all fours, you know, moving around, whatever felt comfortable for me. 
Um, I had given my husband the GoPro at one point so he can record, but he was not paying attention. So he like threw it to my daughter and then my daughter wouldn't give it back to us or else she would scream. So we never got any recordings or anything. I was like, yeah, sure. Just let her have the GoPro. (laughs) So she was just playing on it the entire time instead of us trying to record the birth. Um, And I was... I had a pillow that I kept like hugging and leaning up against and I was leaning up against my bed, which felt good. Um, and it went really fast. Uh, when her emergence started though, when I, I didn't even feel the ring of fire, which was, I think one of my only fears this pregnancy was like, I don't want to feel the ring of fire. Um, and I didn't feel it. But when she Wait, how out, is that literally, how is that possible? I, I don't know. I did not feel it at all. Like wow. I don't remember feeling the ring of fire. I felt her like slip out. Um, but one wow. thing was like, I felt like she got stuck halfway um, and my contraction was ending and I wasn't willing to wait for the next one. So I, I roared, I roared and um, I squatted down and I just, I pushed her out. And before that contraction, like finalized, um, and yeah, she came out pretty quickly and we didn't know she was a girl. Um, so she came, I was close to the ground and I just let her slip out of me. And I remember like I was in a daze, like I couldn't focus. I didn't know what I was seeing and feeling like it was almost like I was somewhere else. Like I didn't feel like I was there in that present moment. And I had to like come back and I just, I kept touching her and feeling her. I almost felt like I had my eyes closed, but I know I didn't because that's how hard it was to focus in that moment of what was going Mm -hmm. on. Um, And I, and I was like telling myself like, focus, focus, open your eyes. Like, see, I was like, wait, my eyes are open. Why can't I see what's going on? (laughs) Um, And I, and I was touching her and I felt her umbilical cord and I was trying to feel it was a boy or girl. And that's when I found like felt her, you know, felt, and I was like, there's no balls. There's no penis. It's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I screamed, I was like, it's a girl. And my husband cried out and he started crying because he was so emotional and happy because we we were really hoping we'd had another girl. So we already had two boys and one girl and I really wanted her to have a sister. Um, So yeah, and my placenta, while I was on the floor, my placenta slipped right out. It probably didn't take more than two minutes before it came out. And that's been um, the same thing with my prior two free births where my placenta slips right out within you know two minutes of the birth um so normal there you know for me um and and all your kids were were present yeah yeah so we woke them up probably like 20 minutes before her emergence and they got really excited (laughs) and um they were sitting on the bed waiting and watching they were really excited and I think right before she was born they all ran away to go watch tv and I was like wait guys no come back (laughs) like what are you doing like it's gonna happen so they came right as she came out they were all there and then we turned on the light and they were all just you know playing with the placenta and looking at the baby and just like asking all the questions and it was wonderful beautiful simple um and I couldn't, you know, ask for anything else. And then after that, we got to just lay in bed and eat and relax and enjoy our new baby. So how has it been transitioning to an unexpected fourth? It was, it wasn't as bad, I guess. Like the more kids you have, it somewhat gets easier. <laughs> um, and I had, you know, it was at the beginning of this whole 
pandemic thing. So one of my biggest fears was being home alone, you know, uh-huh. with the four kids. And since it started at the beginning, my husband was on leave for at least 14 days. And then his job said they were all going to work from home for, and it happened to be 12 weeks. So I actually had my husband home with me for 12 weeks, which was, you know, amazing because I I didn't expect that. And that's not something that, you know, I thought I was going to have in-home help for 12 weeks. So it all, it all worked out. Wow. The, the the weird little gifts inside yeah. the tyrannical lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. I said, I'll take it. Now that I like yeah. everything else, I was like, I'll take you being home for 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Because otherwise you would have only gotten, you said 14 days? Yeah, I would have just gotten 14 days with him home with me. Wow. And my mom came down for like four days to like the weekend. She was born on a Wednesday. And my mom came down a weekend, like four days, which was really helpful too. She like prepped a bunch of meals I also had friends bring me meals and things like that so I had support from you know some local community and friends wow yeah I'm reminded of I I when we used to have the Facebook group uh I remember there was a thread of grand multi-para women you know women who've had five or more children and they were all kind of talking about it. And one of the women commented who doesn't have five or more and said, um, how is it to add after four to add a fifth or a sixth or so on? And unilaterally, I will never forget this. Unilaterally, they all basically said, after you've had four, you don't even really notice. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that. How is that even possible? (laughs) It's like but. they slowly start doing more. And then, you know, yeah, you true. also stop caring so much about mm-hmm. every little thing. And it's not that you mm-hmm. don't care, but you realize you can't. You would go crazy. Yeah, chaos. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like you can't care about every single little thing. So it's just kind of like partially you realize not everything needs to have your 100% attention. And they start mm-hmm. growing up and they start helping. And, you know, it's a combination just- of yeah and I think it's such a joke that this like idea in our culture of of enlightenment you know is like a guy going by himself out into the mountains you know to just meditate with the trees it's like no it is having four five six seven eight nine ten children you know in your home and being able to fully surrender and fully let yes. go and <laughs> and be in that you know I mean maybe maybe that there's two paths there but <laughs> Awesome. And, and so you have, you have totally wild pregnancies. You don't engage in the system at all. Is that right, Jessiel? For my last one, I did, I didn't, for my last child, I didn't engage in um, hospitals or doctors or anything like that. I went for, I went twice. I went once to the base um, nurse just to get a confirmation of pregnancy. And um, I had gone to Planned Parenthood because like I said, it was a thing like, we didn't know we wanted to keep the gear and I ended up just getting, once again, a confirmation of pregnancy, which it's been six months. I still don't have a birth certificate because all I had was two confirmation of pregnancies. So I'm still dealing with that with the health department here. It's like, hopefully so. We'll see. I'm still waiting. Every day I check my mail, waiting for the <laughs> birth certificate. Annoying. Layla, you have a crazy story, don't you, about trying to get a birth certificate with, was it with your son, your oldest? Yeah, with my first one, just because I was very unfamiliar with the system and how it worked. And so 
I was living totally off grid without even like a rental agreement. So I didn't have any proof of residency. And then I didn't have any proof that I was pregnant. And then this little boy comes out with like bright blonde hair and like the most piercing blue eyes. And me and my husband have darker hair and darker eyes. And so we didn't even have proof that he was our child. So we went through a year long process and it ended up being a a late certificate of birth, which it counts as a birth certificate, but it's a different process. And I mean, it was funny, even the woman that we were working with on Oahu, she found out that we had written a book about the birth and she read it and she was even trying to show it to her supervisor. And she's like, see, look, oh they my wrote God. A it's a true story. Just look. And they still wouldn't even give it to us. So it was so hard the first time, but then the second two were so easy and it took a long time actually for me to go in with this last one, like four months or so before I went to see Emily, you know, the, um, the man at the vital statistics office. And he's like, why did it take you so long to come in? And I was like, I couldn't think of her name. And he just laughed and like, it was no big deal this time around. Yeah. I just got it that day, but yeah, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. You didn't, you have to like, you submitted like photos of you pregnant. Yeah, everything. I had to get letters, letters from like reputable people on the island that had been there a long time that proved that I was pregnant. And <laughs> it oh was amazing. That's, yeah. wow. That's why I joked to my husband because they sent me a letter. I said, I should just send them a picture when she came out and we're all bloody on the floor together. Yeah, <laughs> just like the crowning, the crowning like, photo. Believe me now. And then maybe they'll stop asking. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. All right. So Phoenix, welcome. Well, hello. I am Jordan. I'm also known as Phoenix Wild on Instagram. And um, I live here in Hawaii with my family um, on the island of Kauai and yeah. I have three babies. Um, <laughs> my first birth was 27 hours. He was an attempted home birth, crazy story. And last 30 minutes ended up being born in the hospital. And my two daughters were born here in Kauai on the island and they were uh, semi-free um, wild births, um, also crazy stories as well. And yeah. Those, my girls were four hours, so 27, both to four. So I don't know if it was the island there, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this, this third one. We'll make sure to put all of your previous episodes in the show notes. So this will be, this will be a, a fun way to yeah, yeah, catch up on all of it. Okay, great. All right. So whew, happens so quickly. I'm like, how old was my my daughter when all this happened, but she, she was one when, when I conceived, um, Meta, my third daughter. And, um, yeah, we, we already had back to back. My son is four, four now, but, um, my oldest and my second are 18 months apart. So that already happened quick. And we were, you know, thrilled and overwhelmed and excited. They were all consciously conceived. So we knew that they were coming. Um, so we thought we were we were good for a little while, <laughs> um, and busy with two toddlers. And my husband ended up going on a trip to visit his 
his great great grandfather and actually knew for some time that he was going to be there to help him transition. And yeah, he ended up being there with his great grandfather and um sorry, great great grandfather. And in his transition in fact, ah, he's in his nineties. He's like an ancient dude, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> he goes and I don't know if he's met him before, if this is his first time even meeting him. He goes over there, travels over there, so I'm home with the kids, la, 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 la. And while he's there, I I mentioned to him before he mentions to me, I'm like, I think, I think we're going to have another baby. <laughs> and, you know, I'm saying this to him and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to be like, uh, okay, chill out, you know? And he's like, whoa, I also got the same feeling. So long story short, um, in his great, great, I'm getting chills, his great, great grandfather's passing. Um, he passed while my husband was there and he transitioned with him and it was beautiful. When he returned home, you know, of course, I, he was gone for two weeks. So I missed him and the whole nine. Then, but when he came back, we just, we, we came together and consciously conceived my third daughter. And I will never forget just the feeling of conception the the wind like blew the door in it was crazy so we we we, we call um meta grandfather sometimes and we truly believe that he just missed his way right back in and yeah so that's how she was conceived and you know it was definitely again like I said like a surprise again because you know it, we just we just did this twice um, wow and I also know a little bit about you in that your your time on Hawaii had some pretty wild ups and downs, as you shared in the last episode. And and so it seems, and, and correct me if I'm off here, but it really seemed also like such a big journey of creating stability. And as you're creating family, really rooting down and figuring out what that looks like for your family. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, still to this day, and I'm sure Layla can attest to this, just living on Hawaii in general, is like housing is very, very unstable unless you own. And the landlords here will not let you forget. Um, mm. And we're, we're the only family of color that we know of on the island. So it just makes it that much more interesting. We get Wait, literally the only family of color? literally there may be other like you know, families but there's no like completely um black family here on island so it's just a very unique situation and we don't like to call we don't like to call it racism every time we have to move or we have to transition we don't like mm. to do that we're not used to that but it's definitely i mean the harassment the the prejudice people thinking that we're s- selling drugs or that we're too loud or that we're doing all these things and we're just like wow we're trying to create stability for our family so yeah even this I've I've moved four times this year since Meta's birth um so yeah that's that's the lifestyle on on Kauai and so it still was that way when um Meta was born the house we were in when I was pregnant with her, I already knew. I knew I was not going to give birth to her there. And um, Antoine at the time was super frustrated because we just got there, right? And he was like, no, we're going to have the baby here. It was a great, beautiful house. And I was just like, no, I don't, I don't know why, but we're not going to give birth here. And we ended up um, leaving that house shortly before I gave birth to another place. And I gave birth um, closer to the water. And I think mm. that's what she wanted anyway. So, <laughs> <sighs> 
Okay. Wow. <laughs> so what's your pregnancy like and how do you, how do you arrange your birth? I'm, I'm remembering now from your previous story that you had met yeah. a really wonderful woman and you went in and birthed at her place with your second child. So what do you arrange for, for this baby? Yeah. So for my second, um, we were, we were homeless at the time. So, um, we were kicked out of our, our place when I told our landlord that I was in labor, that I, my water had broke. She asked us to leave. So we immediately had to leave. And the woman who I gave birth, she opened her home to us and I gave birth in her home with the help of, um, our midwife, Aubrey, Aubrey Jones. She's amazing. And she also did my third birth. So, um, yeah, so we reconnected with her for the third birth and we kind of, you know, you know, we're like, yo, we got this, you know, uh, we only want you to be there if we ask you to be there. And she was completely down. And, um, yeah, but I would say my third pregnancy was, I wouldn't say my worst, but I, I didn't really like being pregnant each time. Like, I'm not really like one of those people that's like, pregnancy is great. You know, I'd, mm-hmm. I'm very uncomfortable, um, very emotional. And the third one was just really intensified. It's really, really hard for me to be pregnant and to be a mother to a three-year-old and a one-year-old. It was just really, really difficult for me. I was really, really tired. I remember taking naps every day, every day for at least an hour and then still being just tired and and um, I also was raised to like make everything from scratch. My mom was making breads and cheeses and all kind of things. So naturally I do that. I do that. It's hard for me to go to the store and buy these things. So I'm doing all this stuff. So I was just busy and exhausted and, 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 and grumpy. And I really honestly didn't really think about birth until I was like maybe six weeks away. And I actually started YouTube blogging it, just my experience, because I realized that I wasn't really focusing on the birth aspect since I was, you know, I got, had this in the bag. I really wasn't worried about anything <laughs> until about the eighth month. And then I started having feelings of fear, actually. Of birth. It's like, well, hold up. I just, again, I just, I, I just started feeling like panic and like, uh, you know, you know, doubting myself, which is, it feels silly because it's like the third birth. And I should be like, you know, I felt no, like I the, think how you were, how you should have been. I think that this happens for every mother that after they've had a baby where it's like, especially if they've had positive births, it's like, I got this in the bag. And then at some point there's this point of contention that's like, oh shit, a baby still has to come out of yes. me. And I'm still going like, it doesn't matter how many you still have to go through the gates of hell. <laughs> you do. And I think I realized that and I psyched myself out the whole time just totally. being preoccupied with my toddlers that I got, I got to do this again. <laughs> so yeah, I really started diving into why I was afraid. And like I said, I started documenting it on YouTube and um, I haven't even gone back to, to look at the footage, but, and I just went on to how I was feeling mentally, physically, and spiritually. And it really helped me to focus on it in a way, even though I still felt like I was dismissing it and not really thinking about it. Um, and yeah, I had, I had visions of laughing during, during the birth and that definitely happened. Um, I actually vlogged this birth and I, I never, I don't have any footage of my first two. I think I have one photo of my second 
And um, wait, what do you mean it. you vlogged it? Like you you made the video public? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yes, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I'll have to go see it. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, yeah, so that was fun to like really like be like, all right, let's make this a memory and like you know have it down and look back on it because yeah, my first two births. I wouldn't say it was not joyous, but it was really chaotic. It was just a lot going on. And then for the third one, it was actually like felt a little more planned, if that makes sense. And um, yeah, we danced through the labor. Uh, when my water was about to break, I knew it was about to break. And I just was like laughing and, you know, and so it's like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of side eye thing, like, you know this is happening again, you know? So it's like, I don't know, oh my we, God. All, we all kind of just dismiss it, that it was happening and then the, you know, and then it was happening and it was happening quickly. Um, I do remember at a certain point during all of my births, I go very quiet. I, I can't talk, but in my mind, I'm, you know, formulating and trying to use my voice and I, I just can't. So I, I do remember at this third birth specifically that I, wanted a little bit more hands off, but I was being loud. I was screaming a lot. And um, so I guess that alerted my midwife that I needed her help, but I didn't want her help. Unfortunately, I couldn't say that. And if there's anything that I would have changed about that birth, I would would have wanted her to not have helped me at all. What, what did the help look like? She was just um, applying some pressure to me during contractions. Um, and I guess I could say now that I didn't like it. Like I said, I, I just didn't want her to bother me at all. But I was being loud and I guess dramatic. And yeah. I, yeah, you were, you were in labor. I was in labor. So <laughs> yeah. And we had kind of had planned for my husband more to be catching the baby and doing more mm. of that. But he... Man, he's he's my rock, but he wasn't trying to get down there. He, I think he, he forgot that he didn't want to do that either. <laughs> like, like, beautiful in like, theory, right? He's like, let me let me get on in here and help you guys. And so, were your older children present, or was it the middle of the night? Yeah, it was. So I started labor like three p.m. and the act of labor kind of started around five, and I gave birth around nine p.m. Um, and so the kids were out with an auntie in the living room dancing. I actually have that footage on YouTube. Dancing. And you can see my son at certain points, he would be dancing and covering his ears and still like <laughs> trying to twerk because I'm screaming away. <laughs> so it really made it fun for the yeah it's so funny she made it fun for them. So I'm glad that they good. Yeah, they weren't they weren't all in the scene, but they they were in the next room. Um, while it was all happening and yeah I I gave birth the same way I gave birth to um, my daughter who actually their birthdays are day apart so I gave birth to Meta on the 7th of January and Ayumi's birthday is on the 8th of January so her birthday present was a, um, a baby sister which is really cool and so yeah, it was, it was just interesting, the similarities of their birth. So they both were four hours long. And I gave birth also also in the same position. I can't do water. For me, water is very aggravating during birth. Even getting in the shower. Like before, it's, it's like I have this dreaming, like, oh, maybe I'll get in the pool. But whenever it's suggested, I'm like, no, I don't want the water. No, I need to stomp. I need to feel the earth. I need to like, I like to like pound things, you know? I like really like to like 
pull in that energy for whatever reason. And so for my daughter's birth, I was holding onto the neck of Antoine and pulling down kind of as if I was on a rope and I just pulling all of the energy out of him, help me. And that, that was, that was really supportive for me with the third birth as well. And so I was holding onto his neck and just, man, I have that position is like, it's like, it's just so good that the pressure of pulling down for me mm-hmm. and yeah, out she plopped and I was just communicating with Meta so much during this birth. That also was a difference with this third birth. Way more, all right, you got this. Here we go. You're doing a great job. A lot more communication with her. And I swear when she plopped out, she was just like, she was just delighted to be here. Just, And I was in, in the video, you hear me just like, you did such a good job. Like, you did such a good job. Like, you, like wow, like to be birthed, what what an accomplishment like mm-hmm. you did that you know I was so proud of her and yeah man I haven't actually talked about this birth for some time so this has been a real treat to just go back into that and yeah I definitely also had a lot of support here on island I cannot complain at all the the day I went into labor I had one of my sisters on the floor scrubbing my floors for me because mm, I just wanted good. everything just just clean and she was she just came and showed me love another sister yoni i'm sure i think she's been on this podcast as Mm -hmm. well she came and brought me juice and oranges and Mm. and And she's pregnant now right she's pregnant now like every it's so funny every time like i'm pregnant and she gets pregnant and i'm like all right this time i'm yeah (laughs) so you can stay over there with that that's how it goes (laughs) so So yeah how how has it been Adding this third, I heard you say earlier that you've moved four times since she was born. So, and so that was January. So she's like nine, 10 months old. Yeah, she's, she's eight months now. Old. Eight months. Okay. So, oh, right. Yeah. I could do basic math. So, <laughs> how has it been adding a third, being a mom of three small children? And, and it sounds like you've had to move a couple times. And how has it like felt in your family to be a family of five now? Yeah, I definitely, I would say the hardest time for the transition for us had to be in the first week when she was here, where, you know, I'm obviously in bed, not moving, not doing nothing. And we just kind of was like, you know, this this is kind of fucked up. This is, this is a lot. Why are all these children here? What did we do? It just felt like so much. And we just... We were really questioning, like, what did we do? Like, it, they they were running everything, and oh. we were just, I just felt like a bad decision was made. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jessiel, do you relate? <laughs> She's, Jessiel's laughing. I think she might relate. Totally. My husband, Jesse. <laughs> Just yesterday, my husband was like, where did all these kids come from? Are they going away? And he's like, Dude. I'm like, no. He's, I was oh like, there are all four of them. That's funny. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, that lasted for a little while. And then afterwards, you know, she just became this just so cutie for the kids. And they just started becoming interested in her and right off the back bat right for my first with my daughter he had no interest mm. in her for like eight months he did not like her but meta because she has an older sister and naturally she's nurturing i think that really changed the game and i mean nakomi now he's like that's his baby and they also look exactly alike 
And so they're just, they just have like a really great connection and all of them. So I think that's really what's helped our transition that the children like each other. Mm. So like they're just, yeah, thank goodness for now, right? So they start sharing clothes and uh-huh. yeah, we'll see. So, so that's been supportive for our transition. You know, it's definitely chaotic every day. There's no kind of routine. We have things that we want to get accomplished every day and sometimes they get accomplished yeah, sometimes they don't totally and that's just the beauty like you know she's you know once you add on more and more you just start you know it kind of feels like am I neglecting this third a little more than the first two but it's like you just start to like it's not as important totally. if they're cleaned up every time they're eating. Mm-hmm. Like my first two, I feel like whenever they're eating, I'm like, oh, not a speck of food on their clothes or anything. The third, I'm like, good luck. Yeah. Good, good luck. luck. Like, <laughs> you're There's... done. We're going to go holes off in the sink. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never ever bought any like canned baby food. Like, you know, it's all organic that I'm getting, but any of like any package stuff, I never did that. But I've been exploring that with, with meta because it's 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 helpful it's like nice to just throw that in, throw it into the pile i can't be making stuff from scratch all the time you know so it's 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 definitely like i feel like i find myself care times way easier with the third because i'm not prioritizing giving my all to the kids you know i i'm working on this with my two toddlers you guys go outside and play I don't care if you're arguing. I don't care if you need something. I'm going to clean the house right now and have this time be with your sister, not screaming toddlers in your ear. Yeah. And this is, this is also about, you know, your family growing as like an entire organism where it's not just, it's not just about you and the baby, Yes, which obviously the pregnancy is the birth is and early, early postpartum is. And, I think the larger your your family grows, it's like, yeah, it's like one big living organism, you know? And and yeah, I think that makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and the more calm you are as a mother and the yes. more, you know, other people are involved, meaning the siblings. Yeah, I think that it, it yeah, just everyone keeps... everyone's finding their place within the family. You know, I think Nakomi um way more about his big brother role. He really feels confident about it. Because he actually can do things before. You know, so he's doing things like he can help feed the baby. He can get things for me. He can help his sister. He can, you know, work on his own behavior to be a good example for his his sisters. And hmm, yeah, it's sweet. just so awesome to see them all just find their roles. And yeah, they're all sleeping like in, in the bed together. Like I said, I'm kind of trying to get out of their bed. And yeah, they're just... I'm all so, three of them are yeah, in one bed. All three of them. I'm having That's like so Meta. Cute. Yeah, the bed's up against the wall, and Meta's like by the wall, and the two are kind of like bordering the side. And that's where I would be, and my husband would be. And you know, we're trying to sleep together in a bed by ourselves. Actually, it's like the goal right now. So. <laughs> yeah, because I, I've I, what I've learned is that the the newer baby, you know, the waking up to nurse thing. Sometimes they're not waking up to nurse; they're just waking up to see if you're there. Um, or they're waking up to go pee pee, you know, so either or. So I'm just checking to see if she's peed instead of just offering the breast. That's something I'm not offering the breast every five seconds like I was for my first two. I'm just not doing that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. 
because it's they're not all needed. <laughs> and uh, but it's it's kind of and you know kicked me in the butt with the first two because it was me giving it as an emotional response. But Meta, she's I've, I've dealt with her way different, and now I sometimes I get my feelings hurt. If she's upset sometimes. I'll sometimes instinctively offer her the breast, and she's like, "If you don't get out of here, I need a hug. I need a snack. You know, I'm trying to do what I need to do." Yeah, she's she's another breed. I'm like not used to. I'm like. Okay, I'll just tuck my breast back in. I'm not used to that, you know. <laughs> like she's she's but it a makes your life easier too, right? Yes. Because then the baby is, you know, more content with somebody else, you know, just playing with them yes. versus oh, she just needs my breast. Yes, it's and it's I've great. noticed that too, having more kids and not going to the boob for every you know, because they cry because they move. Oh, they need a boob. It's like, no, they don't always need a boob. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They <laughs> don't. It's, that's, that's the trial and error of, you know, the first baby. You know, the first, you know, we're in this paradigm where, you know, breastfeeding is like, uh, go, go hide. Don't, you know. So we're like breaking out of that. You know, we're like wanting to share and, you know, really hardcore. So I have compassion. We should all have compassion for ourselves for that. And, you know. It is what it is. It's obviously not not negative to be offering the breast, at, you know, instead of the alternative. And I'm grateful to have been able to breastfeed my two for as long as I did. And I, I think it's going to be so way less with Meta. And I'm very excited <laughs> to not be nursing yeah. a toddler. I'm very thrilled about that. And yeah. And we have to be open to new iterations and new, I mean, every baby's different, every, you know, who you are when that child comes is different. And, and it's all, it's all, again, it's all kind of part of the one living organism of the family. You're a different stage of motherhood with each child. And it's, it's beautiful to be open to that and to let each story be different. How could it not be? Yes. I agree. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. Yay. Thank you for having me. Love hearing it. My little minions waking up. They're like, what you doing? Uh All right. Amanda, two little girls. Two little girls. How are you? Yeah. How are you doing? I thought both of them would be boys. I thought I'd be a total boy mom. (laughs) Really? I was way off, which uh, I think the longer that I have them, the more I realize it's just, it's something I need to, they're teaching me. I think I was very disconnected from my femininity. Um, Mm. So I think they're here to help me reel that back in. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So yeah, um, uh, Juniper was, I guess, two and a half when, uh, almost three when I conceived. I conceived in April of 2019. Yes. Yes, right. But and I actually had heard about the retreat. I think right before I figured out that I was pregnant, and I was like, "Yes, I'm going. I'm totally going to the retreat." Um, I signed up. I paid my money, and and then I realized I was pregnant. I was like doing the math in my head. I was like, "Oh, the baby's gonna be like maybe a month old when I go. <laughs> Is this gonna be possible?" Oh my still? god! Also, yeah. also, just spoiler spoiler alert to the very end. You were still pregnant, like three weeks before the before the um retreat and I was emailing you like uh no pressure but have you had the baby yet (laughs) oh my god it worked out perfect it was perfect it was absolutely perfect but yeah it was still in my head I'm like when I get strong yeses I just I go for it um Mm -hmm. so I had to check in I was like okay 
I'm pregnant. Should I just call that back and say, can I get my money back? I don't think it's going to work. But I was like, no, this is going to be perfect. I have to do it. So, um, yeah. And she was the total like mascot of the whole retreat. This like perfect three week old baby laying in the flowers (laughs) and leaping. She was, she was like a, but it's close enough. Oh, was she five? Why did I think she was three? She's so tiny. (laughs) She's so little. So how was your pregnancy? Um, It was, it was good. I did a wild pregnancy. My first time around, I I did the the obstetric uh, check-ins. Um, but still had a free birth. I, that was my plan the whole time. But being the first time mom, I was like, oh, I'll just go and be checked out, which, you know, in my, in my first story, you'll find out that was <laughs> the wrong choice. Um, but so this time I went to, um, did total wild pregnancy. I didn't even take a pregnancy test. I just knew I was pregnant. Um, just like Jaseel said, I could feel my, my nipples were tingling and I was still nursing Juniper at the time. So yes, I was uh, I was nursing Juniper at the time, and I just had this huge like aversion to nursing her. Um, I had never had it before, and it just felt really creepy. Like this is wrong. I don't like it. I had to talk to her about it. I was like, I'm really sorry, but I don't know if mommy's gonna be able to nurse you much longer. This doesn't feel right. She was sad, of course, and um, and. And and I realized I started like I didn't have my period, so I was like, okay, I must be pregnant. And I, I was like, I don't want to take a pregnancy test. I'm just completely wild and just see how it goes. And I told my husband, I, I was like, I think I think we're pregnant. We didn't do a conscious conception, even though I knew about it, but I and could have had a strong feeling that this was the year we were going to do it anyway. So in some ways, it was I knew that the, another baby was coming. Um, and the pregnancy went really well, just the same as it was Juniper. Like I didn't have, I don't have morning sickness. I didn't have um, any like adversities to anything. Um, so it was very pleasant. I've always I've enjoyed being pregnant. There was one moment uh, about 28 weeks. I don't know if I had food sickness or something, but there was just one night I just had this like, I almost felt like I was going in labor. Like I was pacing and I felt very nauseous um, and I like felt dizzy. Yeah. And so I started looking up the symptoms, which you should never do. <laughs> but of course it talks about like, maybe you're preeclampsia. And I was like, maybe it's a check and maybe to drink more water. I need to eat more food. So I think the first time around, I was way more into like making sure I was doing everything right. And I was listening to more about like medical things and what to expect. And this time around, I was more about intuition. So it's interesting that the comparisons, like the the first pregnancy, I was more in my head. And the Mm -hmm. second time, it was more about like my heart and how I was feeling. Um, so I, obviously it was completely fine. I, I just started drinking more water and I had more food in the morning and I, I don't know what it was, but didn't matter. <laughs> I, I just checked in and knew everything was fine. Um, so yeah, and the pregnancy was great. I, the I'm trying to think, um, so yeah, Emily had emailed me, I think, um, December 30th, I think. <laughs> I was like, Hey, are you still pregnant? Yeah. But any day now, <laughs> um, and I, I, because I didn't have a wild pregnancy, I still needed to get a birth certificate because I'm going to Dominican Republic. So I had to get a birth certificate because I needed a passport to go to Dominican Republic. So otherwise I would have not even worried about getting a birth certificate. But in state California, you have to have um, a physician or midwife confirming the pregnancy. And I had the hardest time 
finding a physician or anybody wanting to just give me a letter confirming that I'm pregnant. Like I went to three different uh, free clinics. Um, the doctors wouldn't even come in and see me. Like the just like the nurse people would like take you know do the blood pressure, take her weight, ask some questions about why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and then they, I'd send them the documentation directly from the vital records office, like what I exactly need. I'll use your name, when's your last birth, uh, your period, um, and like, you know, confirming that the, there was a pregnancy. Like they could have just given me a pregnancy test or whatever, but none of them wanted to do it. None of them refused. Like, no, it's, we, we want, we don't want to be held liable. What? Hold liable uh. for confirming that I'm pregnant? That makes no sense to me. Uh. Yeah. So I had the hardest time finding somebody. Um, I ended up um, remembering uh, uh, Fish, Stuart, Stu Fishbein, Stu Fishburn. What's his name? Fishbein? Fishbein. Um, yes. Thank you. Uh, from previous podcasts or my studies back in 2015 when I was first pregnant, and he was still in Santa Monica. I emailed him and he's like, yeah, no problem. Come on in. Um, of course, you know, he's a little pricey because <laughs> he's a, a private practice practitioner, but it was worth it to me just because of having the peace of mind. And he actually ended up coming the next day after um, Acacia was born. Um, very hands-off. Like he didn't even touch the baby. Um, he just asked me some basic questions, fill the paperwork and he was on his way. So it worked out great. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so the... The night before on December 31st, I could tell something was definitely changing in my body because I had way more energy than I normally did. I was very tired throughout the, the um, third trimester. And a part of me felt like, oh, maybe we should go out and watch the fireworks. It'd be a last chance to like, you know, be a family of three. And uh, there's this beautiful fireworks in the Marina Del Rey. Um, and we usually have to walk like a mile and a half. And my husband's like, I don't know, because if we have to walk there and then walk back and you tend to have babies pretty quickly, I don't know if this is a good idea to go out <laughs> uh, the night before, you know, you never know what happens. Um, so we didn't go, but I was remembering up all night, just having a lot of energy and I had a hard time sleeping. Um, and then the next morning, we always have a tradition for um, on January 1st, we uh, make breakfast and we have this jar of memories. So we like pull out memories of the year and like read them to each other and just remember the good times that we had oh. the year before. And uh, we, so we watch the Rose Parade. Um, so that's just what we do every year for January 1st. And as I was watching the Rose Parade, I was sitting on the couch and I, and cross-legged and normally it's very comfortable, but I just kept moving around and I couldn't get comfortable. And I was watching the, the parade and, Nothing, nothing was like, I felt like I was in a daze. Um, and my husband kept looking at me and he's like, are you okay? You seem different. And I was like, um, I think the baby's coming. He's like, really? Cause before in my first story, he wasn't even around when I started having like contractions. <laughs> he was well, at the bar having yeah, fun. Well, you were yeah. at the bar with him <laughs> and then was, you yeah. like, I just laughed and you like felt a little funny. So you drove a truck home and we're, I did. Yeah. In labor. I love your story. <laughs> and then she's so, and then she's calling the bar trying to get her husband telling the bar owner whoever like send him home I'm having a baby <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> so we didn't go to bar this time <laughs> but we were at home uh and yeah so he was he said uh, 
he told me it was very different being there for the whole entire thing. Cause before he walked in and I was already like past the transition and this time it was more like I was building into it. And he was like, I could totally tell a difference. Like what you went from being jovial and happy to like, you were just quiet and like just kept moving and uncomfortable. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's interesting to see that perspective. Um, so yeah, it was, and I, I knew it was coming and I told Juniper, I was like, I think mommy, the baby's coming today. She's like, really? Okay. <laughs> she was not excited about it, <laughs> but I told her, I was like, well, listen, like there, I, I had had planned to, um, show, I had planned to do a placental painting. And so I told her, I was like, I've been saving your placenta when you were born in the freezer for like, since you were born. So I have like this placenta in my freezer for almost like three and a half years. And I was like, let me show it to you. So I got it out. <laughs> She's looking at it. It's all frozen. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is all while like, I'm all just starting to like feel stuff, but I'm trying to talk to her and just kind of get her involved and we started watching videos about placenta paintings while I'm like leaning on the couch and rocking my hips back and forth um and so we watched these placental paintings and I was like you can pick the colors that you want she's like oh this is cool I want purple and green and silver I was like okay no problem um and eventually it got to a point where just like being next to her, trying to have a conversation with her just wasn't happening. And my husband ended up putting on some like fun music, dancing together. Um, and even the music started being really annoying because <laughs> it was like, you know, fun, happy music. And I wanted like something a little more peaceful and calm. Um, I was like, I got to change the music. And he's like, okay. And I changed out. I was in my pajamas and I wanted to feel sexier, prettier. So I put on like a purple sarong and a lacy bra. Um, and I started just pacing up and down my, my hallways. Um, and I think at one point I stopped and I started being really loud and primal. Like with Juniper, I was just very quiet and peaceful and preserved. And this one is just the, the transitions was a lot stronger. Like with the Juniper, it felt like more like a rolling, a wave, like a body wave. And this one felt like it was a wrench, like a towel being wrenched. It was a lot weird, different feeling. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, once I got the, the, the pretty, I like, felt pretty. <laughs> uh, I was walking around. I wanted to be outside in the sunshine. I love, I love picturing yeah. you in a lacy bra and a purple <laughs> sarong. It's such an amazing right. labor outfit. Um, so I wanted to be outside. I wanted to feel the sunshine and like feel my feet on the rocks. And eventually, um, the I felt dripping. And it neither one of my pregnancies I had like a strong, just like a splash. It was more just like a, a like a peeing basically. So I was able to be like, it was, I don't know, I really wanted to see it more. Um, so I was outside on the rocks and on the cement, and I wanted to see the liquid. I wanted to, I don't know, just see it and be close to it for some reason and eventually I got to the point where I knew that it was time and I, I was like I told my husband I was like okay turn the shower on I'm ready <laughs> it's go time basically and I did the exact same thing I went into the shower I was standing up um I almost broke the handlebar on the shower this time I was pushing down on it a lot more than I was the first time around um and I, I told him I wanted to see 
the emergence of the head. So I'd gotten this mirror, but not thinking that when you have a hot shower on, it fogs up a mirror. So you really couldn't see anything anyways. <laughs> I think I had him like brush his fingers over it. Uh, so I could see a little bit of it, but yeah. And he, I kept telling him, take pictures, do some video. And he was like, but I need to be here to catch the baby. I was like, yeah, I know. Cause I didn't want to catch it this time. Um, or the second time I, I didn't catch the first time, but I just, I felt more concentrated on holding on to the wall and versus like trying to reach down and catch the baby this time. Um, but, um, yeah. So I remember as the head was coming down, yelling out to Juniper, your baby brother or sister's coming, come look. And she yells back, no thanks. <laughs> Cause she's in another room, like watching something. <laughs> she was not no interest in it whatsoever. I think she was scared too. Cause I was, I was kind of yelling and, and, you know, making animalistic noises. So I think she was needed some to her own space too. <laughs> um, but once the baby came out, I, I and Joe would basically like help to guide her out. I didn't know if it was a boy or girl. And um, I but there her her yoni area was very swollen. And I was like, are those balls? And she he was like, No, it's a girl. I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> it just looked really big. I thought it was balls. I don't know what it looks like. Um, and it held her and she's cried right away and she was pink and beautiful. Uh, um and same thing. I just sat in the shower for about five minutes. It felt like everything I was doing previously when I had Juniper was pretty much the same thing I felt like with Acacia. It's just the difference was the the way my body was moving her out. Juniper was the role and then Acacia was more like a wrenching towel. It was just different. That was the only thing I remember distinctly was different. Um, and yeah, as soon as the baby started crying, that's when Juniper came in <laughs> to check out uh, her new sister. Um, the placenta took a lot longer to come out the, um, the second time. The first time it was only like maybe 45 minutes. And this one was like an hour and a half. Um, we burnt the cord um, and uh, Juniper helped with the the candle. But, you know, as most everybody does burning, burning cord, you know, it takes like 20 to 30 minutes to burn it. So she lost a dress probably after a minute or two. Um, and yeah, it was... It was wonderful not having to feel I had to go anywhere because the first time I, I was like, we got to go to the hospital. We went like five hours after Juniper was born and uh, it was so lovely just to be at home and just not have to think about doing anything else other than enjoying the baby and um, being there. It's huge. Oh, it's huge. huge difference. Um, and I loved I loved every part of it. I loved, um, it was short, same as Juniper's was like, I guess from start to finish, it was five. And then Acacia was about three, three hours start to finish. Um, so it was, it was definitely, I think the, the hardest part was just not, not being able to feel like I got enough like spiritual energy. Like I felt like it just was so fast. Like I didn't have a chance to really like just be. Um, but I, I, I think that, I, I really enjoyed just like birthing by myself. Like I didn't want any other energy there. And most like half the time I was telling my husband to just like take Juniper away so I could be by myself for a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask when you got into the shower, did you keep your Lucy <laughs> bra on and your Sarag or, or, or were you totally naked? No. No, I, 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 I stripped down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, 
beautiness of it was no longer needed. I was ready to get in the water and just get wet. <laughs> yeah. Get it over with. Yeah, totally. Awesome. So yeah, it, the, the, the hardest part I think was afterwards, um, we had to focus quickly on getting the birth certificate in order to take this trip. So we, it, I had to do an emergency, right. well, emergency bill, like expedited trip down to the vital records office in Los Angeles. And, um, uh, and then we had tried to get the passport, but Los Angeles, uh, um, expedited one was, uh, closed or they, there, there was a water log in their printer. So we had to drive down to San Diego for a special trip and spend two days there, <laughs> ah. but it was fine. It was worth it. Whoa. Like whatever we had to do to get this passport, we did it. And it was I'm so grateful that we went to that that retreat because it was absolutely magical, like a wonderful way to spend my postpartum with all the, all the women and the energy and the food and wow, the beauty there. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing that again sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Little did we know the world was going to explode right when we all got home. (laughs) God, I know we're supposed to all be heading to Bali soon for our next one. Yes. That's not happening. (laughs) Well, you know, we got this land now in the southeast, so we'll just we'll just have to recreate the vibes on the on yes. the land that that we got. So, if nothing else, you can road trip to to our magical place. <laughs> we can Excellent, do it, do it there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me share. Appreciate oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it's a joy. Layla, number three, four now, right? <laughs> Oh, fourth, fourth story. Yes. I'm at number three, baby. I was like, wait, what? You're pregnant? <laughs> no. <laughs> gonna, Surprise. I'm going to wait for a little bit before another, if there's another, which there may be, but I'm really, really content with three for right now. It's an amazing, amazing, um, complete feeling that we have is, and it's mm. so sweet. And so where we, when I last saw you, you, were doing this big land project on Maui. You had the two kiddos. Your daughter was maybe like a year and a half. She was walking around and, but you were pregnant because you were planning. I remember the, I'm having this one specific memory of, of having, um, your partner, I'm forgetting the word, but he was going to create basically an outdoor birth tub Mm -hmm of sorts. Yes. In this off-grid kind of imaginative, incredible, incredible way. So that's kind of where I leave off with you and in, in, in what I know about your story. So, um, yeah, just tell us about that pregnancy and what you guys created for that birth. That sounds great. Yeah. So, um, for all of my births, they've all been wild pregnancies and, and, um, and, and free birds. My husband caught our first baby boy. And, um, I would say that with the first pregnancy and childbirth, that so much of my attention was just on, can I do this more than trying to really create it a a certain way? It was, uh, Mm. it was the first time it was, you know, way back, I guess in like 2012 or around then. And, I I had not heard of anyone free birthing. I didn't know anyone 
who was doing it. And so it was really a pretty daring kind of adventure for us, but also what felt so right to us because we knew that, you know, we had conceived this child, just him and I, and we knew that we wanted to and were able to birth him on our own. And so we were so um, excited to be going about it that route, but it, it definitely was filled with a lot of growth and seeing through fears and understanding how the mind works and, and really just testing, like, can I do this? You know, can I really just give birth on my own and, and really not know much about it at all and still succeed. And so once I successfully gave birth to my son, um, I got really excited about my second child almost immediately after, although I didn't get pregnant again for a year and a half. Um, but I got excited because I knew that I could. And now I knew that I could not only do that, but I could create it how I wanted it to be. And so then for my second pregnancy, I really focused on having a pain-free birth, having an orgasmic or an ecstatic birth. And, you know, I would wake up every single day and I would ask, what do I need to do today? What do I need to think today? What do I need to believe today? What do I need to eat today in order to have an ecstatic birth? And it was everything. It was my everything. Every moment of the day was going towards this. And I was had the good fortune of not really needing to or really wanting to work during that time. I kind of had... Um, left graduate school and I wanted to just be pregnant and just enjoy it and just enjoy motherhood and not be focused on a career for a few years until I was ready. And so anyways, I ended up, you know, in the previous podcast, I share a lot about how I, I literally laughed my second baby out, my girl, and um, she was still in her amniotic sac and the bubble burst as she was born into this water underneath this bamboo tree. And it was so magical. And I, when I gave birth to her, had what I consider a really profound kind of awakening experience that was almost too much for me. Um, it was, it was almost, um, I almost felt too open and, uh, mm. I felt like any of my past trauma that I had that I was holding in my system was like so profoundly trying to leave to the degree that like at times I almost, you know, was just overwhelmed with like joy and tears and, um, I knew that there was a lot of healing going on because not now I not only knew that I could free birth successfully, but I also could create an orgasmic or an ecstatic birth. Yeah. And like heal. Yeah, exactly. And that was part of it was like, I wasn't just wanting to have an ecstatic birth. I was wanting it to be the most fulfilling birth possible. And I didn't realize that with making that intention, with setting that intention, that there would be some hard work that needed to be and so um, after I gave birth and I was having all these different experiences, I created this nonprofit organization, which I was kind of working on when we first came together. If you remember Emily Loving Birth Organization, and it was kind of like a nonprofit that was um, created with tons of free resources and information that were about, um, you know, really trying to provide a lot of information and support to women who I believe any woman that goes through pregnancy and childbirth, no matter how they do it, has this awakening experience. 
and has the potential to heal all of their past trauma that might be still in their body and really move forward into this just incredible motherhood experience if they're able to have the time and the space and the support to process it. So um, that was a really big deal for me. So I was creating this free telecourse or uh, yeah, free telecourse and um I got really, really immersed in it. And to the degree where I was like waking up in the morning and doing my morning meditation. And I was like, okay, so if I were a pregnant woman and I was going through my first trimester, what would, what would be really supportive for me right now? And I was really placing myself in that position. And it just so turned out that it worked and I became pregnant. And it literally was like just hand in congruent with this telecourse that I was creating. And I mean, my husband and I were totally open and welcoming of um, having more children at that time, but we weren't like trying. And so it was semi surprise, but also semi known it would happen eventually. And so the timing just linked up perfectly with this and um, and my work was really kind of blossoming during my third pregnancy. And so it was different in that regard that I was working almost the entire time. I was doing these um, meditation and yoga retreats with this uh, for pregnant women and um, with this amazing French yoga teacher on the island. And we were creating these amazing courses. And I had my private practice where I was um, doing a lot of um, motherhood coaching and coaching for pregnant women. And, um, and also I am a Reiki practitioner. And so I was teaching a lot of Reiki and giving a lot of Reiki. And I was working all the way up until like a a few days before I gave birth. And so that was a lot different of an experience because I was so, so busy and it wasn't like this, I just get to like relax on Hawaii and like just be pregnant and just eat fruit and enjoy life. It was, more like, uh, you know, I was working and really in demand. And then I was also um, creating an entire homestead on this seven acre parcel, which Emily got to come see, which was so special to have you there. And um, part of what you had mentioned was uh, the lignothermal uh, water heating system. Yes. So we had... Did you guys pull we it did. off? And uh, so ah, I said so birth, cool. I was so so angry because I I wasn't really that angry, but I was frustrated because we didn't have hot water. We were totally off grid. And that was how I've had all of my pregnancies and births. And I've loved it that way. And that was like totally by preference, like not because of destitute or of anything in that regard. It was just like, I want to be with the earth and like have no distractions and be simple. And anyway, so for our second birth, we had a water birth and we had to fill up the water inside of the tub a few days before we gave birth because we wanted clean well water and so we had to borrow it from a neighbor and so when the labor started happening we actually made this huge fire and I was like carrying pots of boiling water to the (laughs) back and forth from the fire to the tub trying to heat it up and um I was so excited because I was like nine months of like waiting for finally getting a hot bath, you know, like I was just like praying for it. And then it didn't even heat up enough. And I ended up giving birth to my second daughter before the water had actually gotten hot enough. And so, 
uh, for my third, I was like, I am having a hot water birth for sure. And I was like, so determined. And so um, we had had some tree work done on our property, a bunch of uh, really big eucalyptus cleared so that we could plant fruit trees. And we ended up mulching all of that. So we had these heaping piles of mulch, like humongous piles. And my husband and I would sit there at sunset and we would see these piles steaming. And we figured that there was heat that could be utilized in some way. And so after doing some research, we realized that the decomposition of the wood was actually... um, creating heat to a degree that it could actually heat pipes up and give us hot water. And so we dug out this, what we called Maui's first hot spring, and we lined it. I surrounded it with all of these beautiful rocks from these really special places around the island. So it was super blessed. And um, and yeah, it was a hot, hot bath that I got. And it was so, so nice. And um so anyways, backtracking a little bit, um, Hmm. the pregnancy was so full and I had the great pleasure of being in some circles with you, Emily, while you were pregnant. And then also while, while I was as well, after you had gone on to give birth and, um, and I remember just utilizing this technique that you were sharing about what would your ideal birth look like? And I really took it seriously and I really kind of tuned in. And I remember saying I wanted it to be a really, really easeful birth because my second was kind of almost too fast for me. And I wanted to really take my time and enjoy it and just have it be a gradual, easeful process. And um, so I just saw it and I saw it happening during the day and I saw it happening outside and beautiful weather. And it was exactly what I imagined. It was exactly right on. Um, the only thing is that the labor was was very long. <laughs> like I should have specified probably because it was super like how like, long? So the the day that I went into labor was the day before she was born. And wow, third births are so weird. yeah, they are. And and as you know, we didn't have a due date for this one, and so it was a lot different of an experience in that regard too, which I could talk about if we have time. Yeah, please, um, please do. Also, I just really quick want to, Jessiel, do you remember how long your third was? Was it like a weird, a weird no, one? My third and fourth were both two hours. Oh, yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> That's fast. Like you just can't really figure it out after. You know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so for the, so I really enjoyed not having a due date. The reason that I did that was because I just had one like very light period, which was the first period I had had in like two years. And, um, and then after that, I just kind of, um, you know, I didn't have it and that was kind of normal for me. And then after a few months I was like, okay, I think maybe, maybe we need to check. And I, uh, had checked and it, it said it was positive. And we had like a, a period of maybe like two months or so that we thought the range would be when she was born. But to be honest, I really, really liked not having that pressure. My second daughter was almost three weeks late and I was totally accepting and comfortable with that because I felt like I was totally healthy and capable and that nothing was wrong. And so I trusted you're you're like the queen of leaning into the unknown. Like all of your stories, you know, and 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 having met you as well. I mean, I feel like you are such a beautiful example of what can happen. And it's not for everybody, but what can happen 
with, with what's the right word? Yeah, just like the real surrender of not needing to know and what happens in that space of just not knowing. And and there's like this, you know, nobody ever really knows because our culture is all about yeah. knowing. And so you getting to intentionally choose to just, yeah, kind of like throw your hands up and just be like, yeah, I think I'll have a baby sometime in the summer or whatever it was, you know? I mean, a lot of women, you know, in our community say like seasons and stuff, which I love so much. And, and, and a lot of women I know de-emphasize the 40 weeks. Um, but, but you are really one of the only women I've ever, ever known who truly didn't track the weeks at all. And really just had kind of a range of, I just think that's really courageous. And it's really, it's very interesting because it is, in my mind, it is one of the markers of really returning to um, like really being outside the system, right? And being outside this kind of idea of controlling through time and through assessment and all of this stuff. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's the culture in which we live in, but it just seems like with with each of your pregnancies, you just went more and more wild to this point where you were just in it. You were just inside the experience, you know, in a really, really cool and super inspiring way. Mm, thank you. I I really just love you, and it means so much to hear that from you. And and um, yeah, you know, I feel super blessed, and I, I really I really feel like it to me has been more like rather than necessarily being like this advocate for like, I'm going to have this wild pregnancy and a free birth and like, you know, all of that, although it's very noble and it's so powerful. And one of the most incredible ways that I feel like women, especially mothers can reclaim their autonomy completely. Um, I do feel like so much of my journey has been about the truth and about really understanding like what is it that makes us afraid and that makes us make these decisions that maybe later we regret and how can we really take like every second of the day and say like where am I doing this throughout the day like did I move to that to make that choice because I was feeling something that I was uncomfortable with and that I just didn't really understand and so therefore I went this one direction when I just as easily could have just asked for the truth within it and seen through any illusions or any concepts that I had to the degree where I can really go the route that I want to be going and create what I want to create. And I think if anything that like, I just have a lot of confidence in my ability to um, create what I want and to trust, trust God or trust the universe or trust this higher power to really mirror the work and the understanding that is in the foreground for me, which has led me to sit through my pain and to not say, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so much pain. I need to go to the hospital. Something's wrong because I recognize like, that's just a thought in my head. And what happens if I can just be with this fear and I can see, you know, where does that take me? Does it take me, you know, to the hospital or does it take me to right here? And then once I pass through that fear, what, what decision am I going to make? Am I still going to feel like I need to go here or there and get this confirmation? Or am I going to be okay and just keep trusting and see what happens? And in my experience, Emily, with all of my pregnancies and my childbirths and life in general, 
the more that I trust and the more risk that I've taken, the more that I am just, just filled with blessings. And it's, you know, something that I hope that if anything that I can just inspire women to just do even in like these minute ways throughout the day to just say like, you know what, do something different today and really see if it's rewarded, like step out of your comfort zone to the degree where like, you're afraid. And you really have to call upon some kind of trust in something other than these people that you're surrounded by and, and strengthen that faith and just see where your life goes. Because at least in my experience, and I think that it's like this for everyone, I have just been, you know, affirmed and supported again and again in such incredibly glorious ways. So, um, so yes, the the night before my daughter was born, I not even the night, I think it was maybe like three in the afternoon or so, I ran to the grocery store to get some some food and um I remember getting this like super spicy horseradish mustard sauce. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm I'm feeling like a little bit ready. Let's spice this up and see if we can get things moving. And so I went home and I made a nice big salad and you made this nice mm. dressing. And right after I ate, I was like, oh my God. Okay. So I felt this shift in consciousness, you could say to the degree where I was like, okay, I either just got food poisoning (laughs) or, (laughs) or I'm, I'm in labor. And it was like just this energy that took over me and it was incredible. And I had this blessing way, which I wish you could have been at, but you were gone by then. And, um, all of my sisters brought beautiful gifts. And one of them brought this uh, mother Mary candle and she told me to light it as soon as I went into labor. So that was the first thing that I did was I just went and I lit this candle and I just felt, and I have felt this with all three of my pregnancies that like the minute that I go into labor, I feel this almost like protection as if mother Mary and like every mother that's ever been on the planet and every mother that will ever be and every mother that is, is like right there with me. And it's this sweet and gentle and like just incredibly supportive, loving energy that I just feel around me for the entire labor. And, and I, I wonder if other women have that experience and I'd love to, to hear about that because I really think it's available to all of us. Um, but anyways, so I spent that day just kind of easing into it. And I was like, it's way too late in the day. I don't want to give birth tonight. And so I literally felt like I slowed it down and I felt so in control of, you know, the speed that it was happening. And I was like, I really want to get a good night of sleep and then just try at it in the morning (laughs) when I wake up refreshed. (laughs) And so that's what I did. I slept the whole night and I woke up a few times and was feeling it intensify. And then as soon as the morning came and I started walking around and I actually was like harvesting fruit and doing some different things, it got more and more intense. And I noticed something this time, which was different with the others where I actually spent quite a bit of time alone when I was in labor. And I realized that when I was totally by myself, I I felt hardly any pain if any at all. And the minute that I would go around other people, even just my husband and, and our kids, I would start to feel more. And I 
think it was just the ability to focus so intensely inside of myself when I was alone. So that was an interesting thing to note, but I liked being with them. And so I included them and um, I stayed outside of the water as long as I could and then eventually got in and she was born pretty quickly after I got in the water within probably 15 minutes or so underneath, underneath the Hawaiian sun in the middle of the day. And so it was about a, a day long labor, but super easy but and peaceful. Sleep in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and that was pretty That's nice. Amazing. And, and I, my water, my water didn't break with her either. And so that was another, um, neat experience just to kind of have to like guess what's going on. Cause you don't have mm-hmm. that main cue of what's happening. So you never know how long it's going to take, but it was beautiful. And the water wasn't too hot. No, it was Ugh. perfect. It was just so divine. I felt like a queen. <laughs> I remember you suspecting in in the yeah. earlier part of your pregnancy that it was a boy. I did. did. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I felt a little spirit, not to be too woo-woo or anything, but right after my Oh, second... we're way past that, Layla. <laughs> okay, okay. I haven't followed you that much lately, so I'm not sure, but... Uh... So after my second pregnancy, like a few days after I gave birth to my daughter, I already started feeling a spirit of a little boy. And I was like, wow, there's a little boy that already wants to come. I was like, absolutely no way. I'm sorry. And I I got his name and he kept kind of knocking and I was just so not even close to being ready because of what what I had mentioned before, just about kind of having this awakening experience and being like, what on earth is going on with me? And just wanting time to process and integrate that. And so I was like, you know what? If you little guy want to go on to another family, please do, because I'm not even close to ready. And um So anyways, a year had gone by or more and I just kind of assumed Mm -hmm. as soon as I got pregnant that that it was him. And also, um, this little girl, the third, the third being was so energetic and really felt exactly like my, my son did when he was in my womb. And so I kind of energetically assumed it was a boy, but it turns out she was a girl and I was so happy because I really deep down wanted a girl, another girl. And I'm so in love with her. She's like such a little tomboy, just fierce little, just angel, but like so independent and just tomboyish, but also really feminine and gentle. And she's so, so beautiful. And so I was super surprised and really happy. And that's why it took so long to name her as well, because I was kind of shocked and I also lost a bet to my father because I told him that I would come visit him if, if it was a girl because I was so sh- sure that it wasn't. And so I still, That's funny. I still owe him some money and, you know. That's so funny. Other than that, I was so, so thrilled. So did you, when you birthed her outside in that, in Maui's first hot spring, did you, <laughs> were, was your was your partner and your kiddos around or were you alone or I'm trying to picture it? Yeah. So, um, my husband was with me and my son was with us and my daughter had fallen asleep taking, taking a nap. And, and Mm -hmm. so she wasn't a part of it, but, um, but yeah, my son was, and, um, and it was, it was amazing. I was totally just like, you guys be quiet. (laughs) I want to be in my own zone, you know, and they just were there with me and, 
And I actually didn't bird the placenta until they left. They were by me for maybe 15 to 20 minutes after the birth and it wasn't coming out. And I was just ready to get it out because I really try to focus on that immediately after I I start feeding them and I really want to get that out in proper timing. And so I was, I was just, you know, like you guys, I'd like a minute to myself. And as soon as they left, it came out like a minute Mm. later. So I think it's really just about focus and just Mm -hmm. really having the space to be able to do that safely and in the right time. Mm, Beautiful. So how has it been adding a third? What is that? I, I heard you say that it feels really complete. And and you were obviously in this on this special piece of property in Hawaii, which sounds so lovely. So how has how did the kids adjust and and what does it feel like now to be a family of five? Well, it was first of all, it was so smooth and we had such a beautiful little ceremony and baptized her with some va- some valley river water a few days after a kahuna came and it was so incredible. And then, um, you know, just a really smooth transition. My, my eldest son and my daughter are so helpful and we got this little wagon we call it like a little farm wagon and, and she loved riding in that. And so we put a bunch of blankets in there and just drive her around the yard, wherever we were, whether we were working in the gardens or harvesting fruit or, you know, at a certain point, we actually, my husband and I built this entire um, temple that is just incredible with, I mean, it took the whole, our whole three years of being at that land to be able to get all the wood and harvest it the way we want to and craft it the way we want to. But we actually rose the roof on our own, just my husband and I, with the support of our three kids, just working together and being there with us and you know, we, we just had so much harmony and at times it was challenging, but for the majority of the part, we were able to do that because of how smooth it was. And, and like, uh, like some other beautiful goddesses you were sharing previously said, um, you know, it, it really does seem to get easier the more that, that come and, and the more, the more hands there are to help and the more, you know, love there is and, so it really, it really has been easy and beautiful in every mm. possible way. I like those words. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. Do you have, do, do any of you have any last final thoughts or words before we close? I just, I just want to thank you, Emily, for these stories. Cause I, I, every time I put these on and listen, it's just a, it's a wonderful way to connect. Um, and I think the stories are important for people to hear because I, I, when I first met you and you listened to me with my story, uh, we walked around that Echo Lake. I don't know how many times, but you were willing to just be there and listen. And it was wonderful. And I, that was the one you actually mentioned that you, that's when you wanted to start the podcast. And I was like, yes, please, we need more stories. And you did it. And I'm so wonderful, thankful, and proud. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you all for being a part of it. It really just continues to be true, you know, that we learn best through personal narrative. And there's really nothing quite as inspiring to hear other sisters, um, you know, live to tell the tale of their power and of their choices and of their ups and downs and their victories and their, um, like, what's possible, you know? And 
gosh, I, I just, there's so many, there's so many cultures, communities, places around the world that are rapidly losing birth, like, like normal birth, you know, generations of, um, of lineages that are C-sectioned and, and milk's not coming in. And I mean, just, this is happening. We're losing birth, you know, if, if, if we see it that way. Um, so this has just been such a, like a fire of hope to watch how this just spreads and, and to hear all these different stories. And, you know, like Layla, I love how you pointed out that it just kind of, these weren't exactly your words, but that it just kind of occurred to you that you could do this. I love hearing that so much because it proves that this is inside of us and this is the great remembering and that it doesn't, um, like when it, I meet so many women, you know, in the last couple of years that it just occurred to them which is very powerful if you stop and think about it. I mean, it's super cool if you come to free birth through the podcast or through something else, but how amazing that it just occurs to some women. How special. Um, and it, yeah, that it actually proves the point that this is inside of us and this is ours to claim and to, and to be, um, should that be in alignment for us. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing these beautiful stories. I know that they will be deeply enjoyed by many. So thank you. Powerful. Love all of you. Thank you. Love you. Love you, lady. Bye, everyone. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. Our opening song is by Shyla Ray. And now I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start. Conscious conception.